0: I think it's it's a really hard dilemma because do we want people to stop traveling, stop seeing, stop being witnesses in the name of keeping the carbon impact down, or can that awareness really be helpful in the long run?
1: Welcome back to season three of MasterCards Fortune Favors the Bold. I'm your host, Ashley C. Ford, and that's our guest this week, Jada Ewan. This season, we're talking about the big financial questions we all have, but are too afraid to ask. On this episode, we're thinking about how we can be more open, environmentally friendly, and culturally thoughtful when we travel the world. Today, we're asking, how can we travel more responsibly? It's Wednesday, November 20th and my husband, Kelly, and I are in Barcelona. I've never been here, so I'm gonna try to keep a little travel diary. Today we walked around the Gothic Quarter and it was beyond beautiful. But I'm pretty disappointed about all the litter tourists leave behind. And yes, I know it's tourists because as soon as you go anywhere off the beaten path, it's almost pristine. It's a small thing, but it's making me think more about the impact of my travel. More soon. I recorded that travel diary when I was in Barcelona for MasterCard's Smart Cities Expo. And the entire trip reminded me how much I love to travel. I feel super lucky that my job affords me opportunities for personal and professional travel. But traveling is not a luxury I've always had. It really wasn't until 2016 that I felt financially comfortable enough to take real vacations. And now that I have a travel budget, there are other expenses I know I need to think about because the cost of travel today means more than the price of airfare and hotels. When we travel, we are confronted with a set of questions we all have to think about. Like, how does where I choose to stay affect the local economy? Is that scuba trip really worth the environmental impact? If I opt to take a plane instead of a train, what does that mean for my carbon footprint? All of these questions are a larger part of this idea of responsible travel. To me, responsible travel is about finding ways to make a positive social and environmental impact wherever you're going, I know. It's a pretty simple definition for a really big topic. But imagine if you had to think through these questions every single day. Well, for our guest Jada, that's exactly what she had to do.
0: My name is Jada Yuan, and right now I write political features for the Washington Post. But before that,
1: Jada was offered a once in a lifetime opportunity. In 2018, she applied to become the New York Times' first ever 52 Places traveler. I remember when the 52 Places job came up, and I thought, man, whoever gets that job is one, going to have the most amazing time, and two, has to be someone who is serious about travel. And Jada was the perfect person for the role.
0: I loved to travel. I sort of felt like it was my happy place. I think that there are a lot of people that feel this calling to it, that feel maybe even better in an airport or on the road than they do when they're at home, that sort of have that itch all the time. And that's basically what I had.
1: For Jada, that itch to be on the move was ingrained in her by her parents.
0: I grew up in rural New Mexico, and we would go to New York to see my grandparents to Colorado to see my other grandparents. And then we would pile in a van that we had a mattress in the back and a bus seat, like a school bus seat, bolted down to the bottom of it. And we would pile in it on Christmas break and just drive as far as we got until the van broke down. That was sort of the ethos of travel that I grew up with. Basically, if you, if you called me up and I had enough notice, I would try to take off on a trip.
1: But it wasn't until 2018 that Jada got to translate her love for travel into her job. That year, the New York Times published this list of 52 places to go in 2018. The destination spanned the globe. It wasn't enough to just list off these places. Someone had to write about them. So the New York Times came up with this wild idea.
0: Why don't we send someone on the entire 52 places list? and they will go to 52 places in one year.
1: That's exactly what Jada did. As the Times' first ever 52 places traveler, Jada lived in non-stop transit, every week in a new
0: destination. She started her trip in the U.S. I went down to New Orleans and through the south, then to the west coast of the U.S., one place in Canada, Spain, a couple places in France, France, Korea, New Zealand, Fiji, and then up through Japan. And I wound up, in the end, I did Laos and Cambodia, and then Thailand. Oh, Jada, you're blowing my mind.
1: (laughs) But Jada wasn't just visiting all these places as a tourist. She was traveling as a journalist, documenting her experiences in articles, tweets, and Instagram posts. I loved reading Jada's work because it was so open, honest, and self-aware. In each post, you could see how thoughtfully Jada tried to represent the places she visited. She wanted to make sure she was getting it right. She struggled, like we all do, with enjoying herself abroad while acknowledging the environmental and social impact on the places she traveled to. Jada is arguably an expert traveler, but even after a year on the road, she still wonders if there's more she could have done to travel responsibly. When you first started the 52 Places project, what were your biggest concerns about the impacts
0: of travel? I mean, I definitely worried about the carbon footprint of the trip. I mean, it's a lot of flights in very quick succession for a kind of an experimental project. I think that what was nice about it is that because it was a little bit of a stunt, people were paying attention. And so sometimes I could talk about issues that really mattered to me and people would read them, which is not always the case with travel writing. A big
1: part of your job wasn't just traveling. It was informing people about the places you were traveling to. But when writing about travel or even for the average person or the tourist, just taking pictures when you travel, there's a lot we don't see. So how do you depict like, responsibly with trying to show both the beauty of a place and the truth of a place, which can be beautiful in its own right?
0: I mean, it's sort of the name of the Instagram game that you have to put up a pretty photo. And then in your caption, you can really talk about it. But I do think that portraits, portraiture is a really good way of talking about a place and talking about people's stories. Mm-hmm. People want to tell their stories. And um, if you can sort of think of yourself as a storyteller in disseminating that, I think that it, it can really help.
1: Okay, Jada, we're talking about traveling responsibly this episode. So I'm wondering what it means to you. What does responsible travel mean?
0: I mean, for me, responsible travel means being a witness, being someone who listens, and not trying to impose my idea of what a place should be or is onto anyone there. I mean, I, I people have lived in all of the places that I went for centuries and millennia. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's not up for me to discover it. Maybe you see a problem in a community um, and you want to help, but actually having to listen to what's realistic for them. Like, I'm just thinking of sort of plastic in Cambodia, which was really de- kind of devastating, the amount of plastic that was just on the ground at all times. But it's like it's they have to get it out of Cambodia somehow. There's no recycling systems in the country. And you have to convince fishermen to want to take it and lose, like, their day's catch by taking the recycling there and then get turned away from Vietnam, and then they're just stunk with a bunch of plastic. So that was, like, I guess learning what actually is feasible. It's just up for me to learn and hopefully disseminate and help people get a better understanding of of the world. Now, let's say I was someone
1: who had never traveled before, which, you know, up until 2016 was basically true. Even with all the environmental and social impact, would you still tell me I
0: should make travel a bigger part of my life? So I think, yeah, just because I think that it's part of learning and becoming a better person, I feel, (laughs) I feel selfish for saying that we should all travel more because it's just, it's this part of me that I am not going to be able to shake, but I think it's it's a really hard dilemma, because do we want people to stop traveling, stop seeing, stop being witnesses in the name of keeping the carbon impact down, or can that awareness really be helpful in the long run?
1: There are lots of things to consider when it comes to traveling responsibly. And even for Jada, who has made a career out of traveling and who has worked hard to consider how to reduce her environmental impact and engage with people and places she visits, she's still questioning everything.
0: I want to know if carbon credits work.
1: And how do you spread that responsible travel message to people outside of your bubble? How do you change people's habits and when it comes to making eco-friendly choices, how can you do that without breaking the bank? Like if you have the train, car, or plane, which is the most eco and budget-friendly?
0: How do you change the habit of you know, a family of four wanting to get into their own car? And you know, piling in and maybe that's the only affordable way that they can do it. And are there any
1: small changes we can make that will benefit everyone in the long run? what are the top
0: things I can do to reduce my carbon?
1: After the break, we'll meet with a responsible travel expert to find some answers.
2: My name is Diana Munoz, and I'm the Senior Vice President of Global Tourism Partnerships for MasterCard. The tourism sector helps residents in those countries as it generates job opportunities that improve the livelihood of residents. The tourism sector today accounts for 300 million jobs, which is about one out of 10 jobs. But not only this, it actually develops the infrastructure of their cities and towns. It promotes skills enhancement. It drives higher education. So there are many, many, many benefits to residents from the tourism sector. Our key goals in MasterCard are to work very closely with governments around the world and support their efforts for inclusive tourism and for sustainable tourism. So supporting governments takes different shapes and forms. It goes from helping them attract travelers to their city, bringing them to different destinations that they want to explore. But it is also about coming together and partnering together when there is a crisis. And the crisis can come as it has had in the Caribbean with hurricanes that impact greatly the economy of certain islands We have worked with the Bahamas, for example, and the best way to support them for us was to actually provide data insights on trends on how long would it take to actually recover, what were the industries that would recover faster, and also how to actually promote certain origins. So the travelers would know that despite of the impact of this storm, the Bahamas was ready again to take travelers in and to bring the great experiences that they do. When tourism grows, countries grow, employment grows, and when this is shared not among just five destinations, but more, there is actually an economic benefit for full regions. So it is important. It allows for financial inclusiveness and for inclusive growth. This is actually the first priority in MasterCard.
1: To learn more, email FFTB at MasterCard.com. Hey, Travel Diary. This is the only non-working day we have to explore in Barcelona. So we went to the Pablo Picasso Museum because Picasso did so much painting in Barcelona, and we wanted to see the city from his perspective. I thought I knew quite a bit about Picasso, but I had an amazing time finding out that I was super wrong. Be back soon.
3: Can you tell me your name and what you do? I'm Justin Francis, and I am the founder and chief executive of the activist travel company Responsible Travel.
1: Responsible Travel is a travel company committed to making tourism a more compassionate industry through planning authentic and sustainable vacations. Justin has always been someone who thought a lot about traveling, both as a tourist and as a native of Bath, England, where he saw the effects of a booming tourism industry firsthand. But the inspiration for responsible travel came later in life, while Justin was on a vacation that he would never forget.
3: I went to Africa, and I went traveling on a regular safari. And the safari lodge said to me, Justin, the people who work in the safari lodge have set up their own small village-based tourism program. Would you like to come and visit them? And I did, and it was An extraordinary experience, spending the night in a traditional African village, being the only person there with the villagers was something incredibly memorable. But at the end of the visit, the village elder came to see me and he showed me a school and a health clinic which they'd built on the back of tourism. And they said to me, could you go home and bring a lot more tourists to come and see us? And that's exactly what he did. So we called the company Responsible Travel, which is really putting your whole values on the front of the door loud and clear can you
1: break down what exactly responsible travel does
3: so when you come to our site you can read the price see the photos and the itineraries but you can also read about how our supplier has sought to ensure that tourism has a positive impact locally we write a lot of guides to places and destinations like a traditional travel guide but we write it very much from the mindset of being honest about what you will find, but also what you, as a tourist, can do to contribute and make the place a little bit better.
1: Responsible travel is so much more than a website. Justin and his team were pioneers of the movement. When they started, not many other people were thinking about their carbon footprint abroad or why staying at a small hotel versus a large chain might make a difference to local communities. And since the beginning, Justin has felt a responsibility to cut through the clutter and give people real information. In the early days of your company, what were some of the biggest, quote unquote, responsible travel myths you felt like you had to debunk?
3: I think the first one was that um, it's not going to be any fun. (laughs) The second one would be that it's bound to be massively expensive.
1: I have to be honest. I wasn't convinced yet that responsible travel could be done on a budget. Every time I think about traveling responsibly, it means spending extra for an eco-friendly hotel or an upcharge for a more sustainable option. But when I pressed Justin for concrete ways to travel responsibly on a budget, he had them.
3: The basic principles of responsible tourism mean that you could do it on a budget. Let me give you a little example. In Cuba, many of our guests stay in homestays. It's a lot cheaper than staying in one of the hotels. But of course, what you get is local meals and food cooked in traditional ways. Another thing we would talk about is using local restaurants to eat in because your money is going directly into local people's hands, and making sure that the food comes from close by and is grown by local farmers because that reduces food miles and carbon emissions.
1: It felt so good to hear that I didn't have to throw money at the problem to make a difference. I could do the things I love to do while traveling, eating at local restaurants, learning about the local culture, and those decisions would have a positive impact. I was so excited about Justin's answers to my questions I decided it was time to jump into Jada's. After telling him all about Jada's year of nonstop travel, we went rapid fire down her list, beginning with carbon offsets. We started with the basics.
3: So you fly, carbon is emitted. You then make a payment to a project somewhere else in the world which is absorbing carbon from the atmosphere, so-called neutralizing your carbon.
1: But, Justin explained... Neutralizing our carbon doesn't mean we're actually reducing our footprint. It's more like we're just
3: apologizing for it. There's some research done in the EU last year to show that 85% don't absorb the same amount of carbon as is said um, and is claimed. It allows you to go on flying and creating many problems for global warming. And it's basically the shifting of moral responsibility for your carbon emissions to some other project somewhere else in the world.
1: Are there any large-scale ways we can reduce our carbon footprint
3: while traveling? Firstly, try and take a direct flight rather than one that has a connecting flight because the takeoff and landing is a large part of the emissions of a flight. Fly on a newer plane, they tend to be more carbon efficient. Pack light. The less weight in the plane, the less carbon that's emitted. Take trips by train if you can do that.
1: I think all of Justin's suggestions make a lot of sense. But like Jada said, it's hard to break people of their habits. How have you been able to shift people's attitudes about traveling responsibly?
3: So sometimes I say if I put a cup of tea in front of you, a cup of fair trade tea and a cup of ordinary tea, and ask you to taste them, you couldn't taste the difference. One's more ethical than the other, but they taste the same. Not true with responsible travel. If I was to take you on a holiday which had given no thought to being welcomed or beneficial to local places... And then I took you on a holiday which has been co-designed with local people for their benefit and for tourist visit. You really would taste the difference.
1: When I think about some of the best moments from my own travel experiences, more often than not, they were the moments when I was doing the most good for the environment and the community. I love when I get to see the landscape of a city change from a train window. I loved eating paella for the first time in Spain knowing that the shellfish was caught only a few miles away from the restaurant. I think about all the people I've met while traveling and how lucky I felt to hear and share their stories. And then I started to feel bad about how much Jada and I and so many other people love to travel. But I'm not sure we should stop. Despite the impact we all have on the environment and local communities, Why should everyone keep traveling?
3: Well, I think that not only do we face a crisis in terms of climate change, we also face two other crises. One is of inequality, the rich and the poor. Typically, tourists travel from wealthy countries to often quite fragile and poorer countries. It is a great way of transferring wealth directly from richer to poorer. Not only that, but tourism employs people who are marginalised. The next thing is wildlife and biodiversity, particularly in developing countries. And what tourism does is it creates an economic justification for the preservation of these places. And one of the things I see in the world you know, right now is a distrust of strangers. There is one industry which brings together billions of people on friendly terms face to face from an enormous range of backgrounds races sexes colors and that's tourism industry Justin and his team at Responsible
1: Travel have figured out that the best way to change people's habits is to show them how traveling responsibly can be accessible inspiring and above all else fun but right as i was about to hang up justin said something that made me feel like even though he is an expert he too is still figuring out how to travel responsibly. And that, he said, is a process.
3: There is no rulebook for this. There is no checklist of things to go through to say whether something is responsible or not. And in many ways, that is frustrating because life would be much easier and clearer if we had it. On the other hand, it makes life more interesting because travel is about... The journey, it's about researching places, thinking. It's about different experiences when you're there and when you come back.
1: Justin, thank you so much for this conversation, for your time, for your work. I can't wait to bring this information back to Jada, who was very curious. Hello? Hi, it's Ashley. Hey, what's up? After my conversation with Justin, I called Jada up to tell her everything I'd learned. I started with carbon offsets and the fact that data shows they rarely work.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, That's so sad.
1: I was into the idea.
4: Yeah, because you thought that, like, you could, we could save the world. Yeah. Do you think
1: understanding how carbon offsets do or don't work might change your perspective on flying?
4: Yeah, I mean... It's so hard because I, I still do believe you have to see the world to better understand people that oftentimes you do need to take a plane to travel somewhere. Um, it reminds me a lot about what people have said about like reduce, reuse, recycle. Mm -hmm. So we sort of think that we can like drink as much stuff out of plastics as we want and then like throw them in the bin and then they magically get turned into, you know, wallets or whatever. And and that we've done it, you know, that we're but really it's the it's the reduced part that is the most important. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that I would consider traveling differently. I would take one plane trip to a certain area and then take as many long-term <laughs> travel options as I could to get to get to the other places.
1: Well, here's the thing. Just Even if Jada was so bummed to hear about to the effects, or lack thereof, of carbon offsets, I knew that she was still curious about how we can travel responsibly. So I ran through Justin's tips, direct flights, packing light, eating locally, staying in renewable hotels, All of it. So yeah, those are some of the things he came up with.
4: I mean, they all sound like great solutions. Um, The one that I didn't really know about was the direct flight.
1: I had never thought about that.
4: Yeah. I'm someone who takes plenty of connecting flights, takes the most arduous travel route because it's cheaper. And if, if we can sort of talk to followers, to friends about, how the prices have come down on a lot of that stuff, I think that more people will opt for it.
1: Especially when we're talking about carbon offsets. How much better is it to be able to tell people, hey, instead of paying for that, you know what would actually be more helpful? Just buying the direct flight. We also talked to Justin about how to travel responsibly on a budget. He suggested homestays, eating locally, focusing on putting your money in the pockets of locals. So does rethinking what responsible travel includes help you feel like it's more feasible, more accessible, and maybe even a little bit more budget-friendly?
4: Yeah. There's things that Justin mentioned that I did not think about before, like the direct flights, the type of planes. Like Being a budget traveler means being like super conscious about a lot of spending, but not making yourself right. miserable <laughs> and so that um you know the the direct flight that sort of stuff is in the category of spending a little bit more to have a better experience but actually getting the benefit of of being more responsible as you're going
1: do you feel like you could make these sort of adjustments when you travel
4: i definitely think that i could and i do think that um you know, now that I'm no longer doing this massive trip around the world, I have the privilege of being able to look at travel as a special thing. You know, I can plan it ahead of time. I can save up money for it. Um, I, can, I can make stronger choices. Um, and I think that's the way it should be. Like It's just about thinking about travel as this luxurious thing that you're doing to better understand the world. You can't replace the sense of being in another country and actually seeing a different, how people live differently and how their normal um, is very different from your normal. So, so, and I, I think it really does a lot to upend your worldview um, in a positive way.
1: Jada, you have been fantastic. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you.
4: It was awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jada. It's Thursday, November 21st, last day in Barcelona. It was an incredible trip, and I think it has a lot to do with that part where we were being intentional, doing a little research, making decisions based on our values. I won't forget that the next time I travel. Well, Kelly won't let me forget Travel is complicated. It can teach us about the world, introduce us to new people, cuisines, and cultures. But it also brings us face-to-face with some of the biggest environmental and cultural questions we don't always think about in our day-to-day lives. But I think that's okay. The more we can all talk to each other about how each choice we make affects the rest of the world, the more we can make sure tourist destinations around the world are preserved for generations to come. And if we can do that, I don't think we should write travel off just yet. Because if there's one thing travel does, it reminds us that we're not alone. We're all moving through this world with questions, big and small. And over here, we're gonna keep talking through them all.
0: Ashley C. Ford, I'm so glad you're back. Your voice is
1: like
4: butter. Anyway, my question is, how do I teach my child good money habits? How do I get my friends to pay me back? Am I taking less than my coworkers? I'm wondering if I can afford to. What's Ford the most environmentally conscious way to speak to
2: work? Should I apply to grad school? Hey
4: Ashley. Uh, hey Ashley, I'm wondering. How I do can I talk to parents? Hi Ashley, it's Andrew. Just one question I've been kind of struggling with is, you know, how do I find work that really works for me?
1: That's next time on Fortune Favors the Bold. Fortune Favors the Bold is a podcast from MasterCard and Pineapple Street Studios. It's hosted and produced by me, Ashley C. Ford. Our MasterCard executive producers are Marcy Cohen and Brooke Capsurone. MasterCard editorial direction by Arsalan Danish, and production by Rebecca Abraham. Our MasterCard mid-roll producer is Mira Belgrade. Our theme song is by Bobby Lord. Tell us what you thought of the show. Find us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. And tell your friends about the show, too. I'm Ashley C. Ford. Fortune favors the bold. We'll be back next week.